<laughs> it will probably will take longer. 30, 40 minutes, it will be done. <sighs> Welcome to Beyond Our Focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver About Wizard and Glass. Fourth novel in the Stephen King Saga Books of the Dark Tower. We are in the fourth and final part of the book on chapter two called Shoes in the Road. Which and we found out at the very, very end of the last chapter. Yes. There were shoes. In the road. In the road. So this will be our first episode of November. November 4th. Hey. Did I say the thing last time yeah. at all? <laughs> yeah, and we forgot to get... Last week we forgot to wish you guys a happy Halloween... Because that was the the Halloween. Yeah, it was a couple days before Halloween. Yeah. So, I mean, that would have. Yeah. Would have been a thing. But Hope you guys had fun. Yeah. yeah we've, we've caught you at least on this side of things. <laughs> on that back side. Hopefully it was good. <laughs> the past one you had four to five days ago. Just. We'll, we'll check it out in the wizard's glass at some point. It's fine. So, when we last left everybody, they. Or Susanna finally saw there were six pairs of shoes placed neatly in a line. Across the eastbound lanes of Interstate 70. Dun, dun, dun. So, we pick up. They've reached the shoes. Uh, at mid-morning, beyond them, clear now, stood the glass palace. A, it glimmered a delicate green shade like the reflection of a lily pad in a steel water. Uh, there were shining gates in front of it. Red pennons snapped from its towers in light breeze. The shoes were also red. Hmm, this is sounding vaguely familiar. Vaguely, vaguely familiar. It'll become much more familiar yeah. very, very, very quickly. Susanna's impression that there were six pairs was understandable, but wrong. There were actually four pairs and one quartet. This latter four dark red booties made of supple leather was undoubtedly meant for the four-footed member of their quartet. Roland picked one of them up and felt inside it. He didn't know how many bumblers had worn shoes in the history of the world, but he was willing to guess that none had ever been gifted with a set of silk-lined leather booties. Bali, Gucci, eat your heart out, Eddie said. This is great stuff. Susanna's were easiest to pick out, and not just because of the feminine sparkly swoops on the sides. They weren't really shoes at all. They had been made to fit over the stumps of her legs, which ended just above the knees. Which are apparently called cappies. Yeah, they mentioned us somewhere. Yeah, it's cappies. After four years of getting yep. along in what my friend Cynthia calls circumstances of reduced leg room, I finally got myself a pair of cappies. Jack's, J, Jake's were bright red Oxfords. Yeah, something. It's because why not? He need to be reminded of that. Horrible place. Oh, yeah. The classrooms of Piper. Yeah, old Piper. Eddie's were low boots with Cuban heels. Maybe in this world you'd call them Magus heels. And pointed toes. And, of course, without a shadow of a doubt, we all know what Roland's will be. Oh, of course. Good old classic cowboy boots. The gunslinger. Because the man's not going to wear anything else. No. With the decorative stitching. <laughs> when did he get new boots? Is he wearing cowboy boots? What is he wearing? No one knows. No one knows at this point. Because the last time that I had even heard anything about his boots... Were they... when they were bitten off by a lobster? Yeah. I know he got new shoes at some point. But I don't remember, really remember when. And I don't re actually recall what the man's wearing right now. No idea. I think maybe <laughs> just... <laughs> I mean, they've mentioned like his Wait. shirt a couple times. But not his shoes. I know at one point in time, I thought, no, maybe that was Jake, who was wearing, like, moccasin-type things, like they made out of animals. Yeah, they did make some of those at one point. Yeah, because... Maybe Roland's wearing Because when they were... When the whole Shardick thing, they had, of course, been hunting and stuff, and he was teaching them how to make things. So I think at one point, they were wearing, like, literal animal... They might still be wearing that. ...skin shoes. I don't know. I don't think they've really come across more shoes... Not that we've heard. Or 
remember. Yeah. <laughs> Correct us if we're wrong because Please, I'm kiss. sure y'all remember better. <laughs> we do. Oh, yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. I just I'm assumed <laughs> he was wearing cowboy boots. But it's like, actually. No, his toes were bitten off. Yeah, yeah, they were bitten off along with the boots themselves. So, hmm. Here you go, Roland. You got some fine boots. Some very shiny red fine boots at that. It says, they were looking at each other. Or it says, then looked at his fellow travelers and frowned. They were looking at each other. You would have said three people couldn't do that, only a pair. But you only would have said that if you'd never been part of a quartet. Roland still shared Kef with them. He felt the powerful current of their mingled thought, but could not understand it. Because it's of their world. They come from different winds of that world, but they see something here that's common to all three of them. What is it, he asked. What do, do they mean, these shoes? I don't think any of us know that exactly, Susanna said. No, Jake said. It's another riddle. He looked at the weird blood-red Oxford shoe in his hands with distaste. Another riddle. Tell what you know. He looked toward the glass palace again. It was perhaps 15 New York miles away. Please tell me what you know about these shoes. I got shoes, you got shoes, all God's chillin' got shoes, Odetta said. That's the prevailing opinion anyway, which is weird that they suddenly switched to Odetta. Instead of Susanna, they said Odetta. Because she's more likely to say something like that. Either way. And what I was thinking earlier about, you wouldn't think three people could look at each other unless you've been part of a quartet, and like, or unless you've been in the South where someone got a lazy eye and oh, you can look geez. at two people at the same time. <laughs> Go home. <laughs> We're done. That was the end of the That's podcast. That's all came to mind. <laughs> well, Eddie said, oh. we got him anyway, and you're thinking what I'm thinking, aren't you? I guess I am. You, Jake? Instead of answering with words, Jake picked up other Oxford, up the other Oxford. Roland had no doubt that all the shoes, including Oys, would fit perfectly, and clapped them briskly together three times. It meant nothing to Roland, but both Eddie and Susanna reacted violently, looking around, looking especially at the sky, as if expecting a storm born out of his this bright autumn sunshine. They ended up looking at the glass palace again, and then at each other in that knowing, round-eyed way that made Roland feel like shaking them both until their teeth rattled. Yet he waited. Sometimes that was all a man could do. After you killed Jonas, you looked into the ball, Eddie said, turning to him. Yes, traveled in the ball. Yes, but I don't want to talk about that again now. It has nothing to do with these. I think it does, Eddie said. You you flew inside a pink storm. Inside a pink gale, you would say. Gale is a word you might use for a storm, isn't it? Especially if you are making up a riddle. Sure, Jake said. He sounded dreamy, almost like a boy who talks in his sleep. When does Dorothy fly over the wizard's rainbow? When she's a gale. We ain't in Kansas anymore, sugar, Susanna said, and then voiced a strange, humorless bark, which Rollins was supposed a a species of laughter. May look a little like it, but Kansas was never, you know, this thin. I don't understand you, Rollins said. Poor Rollins. Poor Rollins. He is so incredibly lost at the moment that these guys, they know know what's going on because... This whole thing is from their world. Yes. It has nothing to do with what Roland has ever heard of. And they're just enjoying it to no end. They're literally speaking in riddles to him. And he's like, I'm about to slap somebody. Riddles he has no way of answering or understanding. But he felt cold and his heart was beating too fast. There were thinnies everywhere now. Hadn't he told them that? Worlds melting in one another as the forces of the tower weakened. As the day when the rose would be plowed under drew nearer. You saw things as you flew, Eddie said. Before you got to the dark land, the one you called Thunderclap, you saw things. The piano player, Sheb, who turned up again later in your life, didn't he? Yes, in tall. And the dweller with the red hair? Him too. He had a bird named Zoltan, but when we met, he and I... Oh, but when we met, he and I, we said the normal, life for your life, for your life, life for your crop. That sort of thing. I thought I heard the same when he flew by me in the pink storm, but he really said something else. He glanced at Susanna. I saw your wheelchair, too. The old one. And you saw the witch. Yes, I... 
In a creaky chortle that reminded Roland unnervingly of Rhea, Jake Chambers cried, I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. You little bumbler, too. Yeah. Roland stared at him, trying not to gape. Only in the movie, the witch wasn't riding a broom, Jake said. She was on her bike, the one with the basket on the back. Yeah, no reap charms, either, Eddie said. Would have been a nice touch, though. I tell you, Jake, when I was a kid, I used to have nightmares about the way she laughed. It was the monkeys that gave me the creeps, Susanna said. The flying monkeys. I'd get thinking about them and then have to crawl into bed. Now, do you think anyone, I mean, one is listening to this podcast, but if they are listening to this podcast, have not figured out what is this talking about? I hope not. I hope I hope we have not reached that day and age where there is a group of people who have no idea what the Wizard of Oz is. Because before us, people at least read the book. Before, then there was the movie. Of course, we know that. So I'm hoping at least people have either passed down one or the other over this time. See, I've only seen the movie once. Really? Mm-hmm. Just once? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't until I was an adult. Oh. Hmm. I actually was like... Probably like, like four or five years ago. I forgot you were a very sheltered, sheltered child. Yeah, and it's weird the things I did see and ha- was a part of, and the things that, for whatever reason, escaped me and my knowledge of things, and like that, that that most people I watched as a kid in some sort, and I didn't see till I was an adult. It's just something that was never brought to my attention hmm. for whatever reason. Strange. Hmm. I've been wanting to watch it recently, especially. Reading this. Like, I'm like, I really want to go back and watch it. Now, at this point, especially reading this section mm-hmm. and the following couple chapters, it'd be interested to rewatch it just to kind of see how things match and align. It's like when you're starting to watch it and you're just expecting, you know, a Billy Bumber, Bumbler instead of a dog. Actually, I think we watched it, like, not terribly long before the new Oz movie came out. Oh. Which was actually Which quite enjoyable. Like ancient years ago, but. Yeah, but still. Yeah. I liked, I liked Oz. I liked, of course, The Wizard of Oz, and I actually do like The Wiz as well. Yeah, which they mentioned in this. Yeah, which I've never seen that. I didn't it's even actually know, really good. Didn't know it was a thing. Yeah, um, Michael Jackson actually plays the Scarecrow. Should have played a zombie. It's around the same time, I'm thinking. But he does play a Scarecrow. Anyways, <laughs> watch all of them. They're actually really good. I wasn't worried about clapping the heels together, Jake said. Not a bit. It was Susanna and Eddie he was speaking to. For the time being, it was as if Roland wasn't even there. (laughs) I wasn't wearing them, after all. True, Susanna said, sounding severe. But you know what my daddy always used to say. No, but I have a feeling we're going to find out, Eddie said. She gave Eddie a brief, severe look, then turned her attention back to Jake. Never whistle for the wind unless you want it to blow. She said, and it's good advice, no matter what young Mr. Foolish here may think. Spanked again, Eddie said, grinning. Paint, boy said, eyeing Eddie severely. Explain this to me, Roland said in his softest voice. I would hear, I would share your cap, and I would share it now. Now. Now, I'm tired. Y- y- y'all have gone on too long. I am out of the loop here. I need to know what's going on. I get an explanation. Like mainly from what I think Jake. Hmm, that's his day told him. The yeah. story. Almost every American child of the 20th century knew. About a Kansas farm girl named Dorothy Gale. Who had been carried away by a cyclone. Deposited along with her dog. In a land of Oz. There was no I-70 in Oz. But there was a yellow brick road. Which served much the same purpose. And there were witches, both good and bad. There was a quartet comprised of Dorothy, Toto, Toto, and three friends she met along the way. I mean, this eerily similar here. Just saying. You're like, you're comprised of Dorothy, Totoro, and... Totoro, and then that would be better. I'd be cool with that. But it's interesting that her little group matches their group. Pretty good. There's Dorothy. You can say Roland. Toto, but you can just say the Bumbler. Three friends. The Cowardly Lion. Who would the Cowardly Lion be? 
Oof. Because you have the Cowardly Lion. The, the Tin Woodman. Really? The, the Tin Woodman? Yeah. The Tin Wood... That's interesting. And the Scarecrow. They Same. each had. Uh, bird and bear and tear and fish. A fondish wish. And it was with Dorothy's that Roland's new friends... And Roland himself, for that matter, identified them most strongly. She wanted to find her way home again. I'm just trying to... Okay, one's without a heart, one's without a brain, and one's without courage. But that doesn't match any of them. <laughs> yeah, this is not really... They all just want to go home. That's it. Yeah, but it's still interesting. Yes. It's like... Like, King... It's obvious that you, you you took a lot of stories and you put in a lot of different stories. We know Lord of the Rings was a big influence and... a. Pe- you, the Wizard of Oz had to have an influence. I mean, half your book is about the Wizard of Oz. And I, as strange as it is, because most of the time I'm like, you're ripping people off. It's like, I just think it works here. I think because the this series of books is so, so much about worlds and stuff collapsing and falling into each other and just starting to merge and break apart and then merge again. It's like, I think it works so well, especially adding his other books and stuff into it and just adding, uh, just references people can relate to. And I'm like, it makes sense if the entire story is about searching for a tower that literally holds the balance between everything that's falling apart. I'm like, ah. Very, very cool and it's really only the last part of the book that they really yeah. get into it so it's a, it works it definitely works the munchkins told her that she had to follow the yellow brick road to Oz Jake said and so she went she met the others along the way sort of like uh, you met us Roland <laughs> although you don't look much like Judy Garland Auntie put in no no he doesn't it's much more of a Dress. Yeah. I don't know if I need to see that, but <laughs> and eventually they got there to Oz, the Emerald Palace. Hmm, the mm. thing they're coming up on. Hmm, <laughs> and the guy who lived in the Emerald Palace, he looked towards the glass palace ahead of them, greener and greener in its strengthening light. That's and then word for green. I don't know. Dory. And then back to Roland. Yes, I understand. And was the fellow. Oz, a powerful din, din, a baron, perhaps a king? <laughs> Again, the three of them exchanged a glance from which Roland was excluded. Poor guy. Well, that's complicated, Jake said. It was sort of a humbug. A bum hug? What's that? Mm, humbug. Humbug, Jake said, laughing. A faker. All talk, no action. But maybe the important thing is that the wizard actually came from... Wizard, Roland asked sharply. He grasps Jake's shoulders with his diminished right hand. Why do you call him so? Because that's the title, Shug, Susan said. The Wizard of Oz. She lifted Roland's hand gently, but firmly, from Jake's shoulders. Let him tell it now. He don't need you squeezing it out of him. Oh, did Seven. I hurt you, Jake? I've cried your pardon. I know you miss her, but you gotta let Susan go. You know, it's been, I don't know. It's, she may be Susan from now on. <laughs> you gotta let Susan go. That is what, who it was, Susanna. If, if Roland can make it this far, you can do it. I believe in you. I, I, I don't necessarily hear. Uh, I cry your pardon. Nay, I'm fine, Jake said. Nay, what? Nah? <laughs> you just nah. You went all old country on us. I was like, oh, excuse me. You're going to go back to your these and thighs and... Well, we went that for a long time Yay. at this point. Mm. Don't worry about it. Anyway, Dorothy and her friends had a lot of adventures with finding out the wizard was a, you know, humbug. Jake giggled at this with his hands collapsed to his forehead and pushing back his hair like a child of five. He couldn't give the lion courage, the scarecrow brain, or the tin woodman a heart. Worst of all, he couldn't send Dorothy back to Kansas. The wizard had a balloon, but he went without her. I don't think he meant to, but he did. Yeah, I think the ropes or whatever snapped because of a storm that was coming in or whatever, and he flew on. 
Uh, it seems to me, from your telling of the tale, Roland said, speaking very slowly, that Dorothy's friends had the things they wanted all along. Good for you, Roland. You already figured out the whole moral of the story. And you didn't even... There was a short telling of it. Good job. Uh, That's the moral of the story, Eddie said. Maybe what makes it a great story. But Dorothy was stuck in Oz, you see. Then Glinda showed up. Glinda the Good. And as present for smoothing one... uh, Smushing. Smushing. Uh, and as a present for smushing one of the bad witches under her house and melting another one. That sounds wonderful. <laughs> Glinda told Dorothy how to use the ruby slippers, the ones Glinda gave her. Eddie raised the red Cuban-heeled street boppers, which had been left for him at the dotted white line of I-70. Glinda told Dorothy to click the heels of her ruby slippers together three times. That would take her back to Kansas, she said. And it did. And that's the end of the tale. Dun, dun, dun. Which, even though I'm sure he told he told them when he, or they told him when they originally told him the tale of the Wizard of Oz, because they questioned him about who he saw and meeting those same people later. I'm sure they did mention when she woke up, she met all the people that she had met in her dream. <laughs> and then, of course, I didn't know that they wrote a thousand more Oz stories. I don't know who's a thousand, but apparently <laughs> um, more are written, but only that is the, the one everyone knows. Yeah. I do have um, Wicked. I haven't fully read it, though. The book Wicked. Okay. It sounds um, familiar, but I don't know what it it's, is. Uh, the, it's more more people know it by the stage play than anything. It's like huge. It's about like one of I guess the best plays you can ever see. But it's about the story of the Wicked Witch of the West. I've heard of it. Yeah. Like uh, her, her upbringing and how she became who she was and stuff like that. So far, it's it's interesting. I just know I haven't made it all the way through it. Hmm. Oh, there's your your whiz reference. Yeah, because they bring that up very shortly. Thousand more officers. Yeah, Eddie said everything but Glinda's Guide to Firm Thighs. <laughs> and there was a crazy remake called The Whiz. Really, Susan asked. The only thing that really matters is the first one, I think. Yeah, it's the one that's pertaining to you right <laughs> now. Are we supposed to put these on, do you think? Here and now? His three friends from here looked at each other doubtfully. At last, Susanna spoke for them. Uh, fed him the kef, which he could feel, but not quite sure of his own. What? That poor guy. Like, it's like, he told them this grand story. He's probably still, like, feeling all the emotions and stuff from it. And I just keep leaving him out of everything. And now it's literally just like, well, um, we have this shared knowledge, and we're just going to push you over here. Good job, Roland. Best not to right now, maybe. Too many bad spirits here. Takoro spirits. Which was the vehicle. And he murmured. Because, of course, if one's going to make a joke, it's going to be Eddie. Uh, I think we'll know when the time comes. In the meantime, I think we ought to beware of humbugs bearing gifts. You're ruining the joke. You're ruining the joke. The whole point is that they keep calling them bum hugs. They... Beautiful. (laughs) It won't stay open. This because it's repeatedly that Roland said bum hug and now it's like Jake was laughing at it and now Eddie knows. Eddie knows that Jake's going to laugh at it every time he says it. So he's going to make sure that he says it quite often. They picked up the red shoes that had been left for them in the eastbound lanes. Jake took oys, of course, and moved on again towards the shimmering glass castle. 
Oz, Roland thought. He searched his memory, but he didn't think it was a name he had ever heard before, or a world of a word of high speech that had come in disguise as Char had come in disguise as Charlie. Yet it had a sound that belonged in his business, and this bit. Uh, sound that belonged in this business, a sound more of his world than of Jake's, Susanna's, and Eddie's, from which it had, the tale had come. Really? Really? Are you sure? <laughs> You're really sure, Roland? I don't know about all that. I don't know if I agree with you there. So, yes, we have now reached the castle, finally. He pretty much Jake, as they approached it, expected it to be normal. Expected it to be, you know, the Emerald Palace, or he expected it to be like Disney World. Like this is what he was expecting, or he was like he didn't think it would be ordinary, but he thought it would be normal. And as they got closer, that is not what they were seeing. It was the most beautiful, radiant thing he had ever seen in his life. Not trusting it, and he did not, didn't change the fact. It was like a drawing in a fairy tale book, one so good it had become real somehow. And like the hint, the thinny, it hummed. Except this sound was far fainter and not unpleasant. Pale green walls rubbed, rose to battlements that jutted, and the towers that soared, seeming almost to touch the clouds. These towers were topped with needles of a darker emerald green. It was far. It was from these that the red pennants flickered. Upon each pennant, the symbol of an open eye had been traced in yellow. It's the mark of the Crimson King, Jake thought. <sighs> I hate that word. It's really his sigil? Yes. That's what I thought. I mean, Not I think that's how it's pronounced. I know, but I have trouble every single time. Like, every time I get to that word, my brain's like, teacher. Just like palaver. Yeah, I can't say that word either. He didn't know how he knew this. How could he, when Alabama, Alabama's crimson tide was the only crimson anything he knew? But he did. So beautiful, Susanna murmured, and when Jake glanced at her, he thought she was almost crying, but not nice somehow, not right. Maybe not downright bad, the way the thinny is, but, but not nice, Eddie said. Yeah, that works. Not a red light, maybe, but a bright yellow one, just the same. He rubbed the side of his face, a gesture he had picked up from Roland without even realizing it, and looked puzzled. It feels almost not serious. A practical joke. I doubt it's a joke, Roland said. Thanks, thanks, Roland. Thanks for just bringing things back down to reality. I appreciate you. Uh, do you think it's a copy of the place where Dorothy and her quartet met the false wizard? Again, the three... Erstwhile New Yorkers seemed to exchange a single glance of consolation. Then it was over. Eddie spoke for all of them. Yeah, yeah, probably. It's not the same as the one in the movie. But if this thing came from our minds, it wouldn't be. Because we see the one from L. Frank Baum's book, too. From the illustrations in the book. And the one from our imagination, Shake said. But... That's it, Susanna said. I'd say we're definitely off to see the wizard. You bet, Eddie said. Because, 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 because. Because of the wonderful things he does. Uh, Jake and Susanna finished in unison, then laugh. Delighted with each other while Roland <laughs> frowned at them, feeling puzzled and looked, looking left out. Just the poor man! Just, just so much, so often. Just, just can't be a part of this, this thing they're doing. He's just like, okay, well, I'll just sit over here. I'll be over here, guys. <laughs> y'all, y'all keep doing your thing. Uh. <laughs> but I have to tell you guys, Eddie said, that it's going to take about one more wonderful thing to send me around to the dark side of the psycho moon. <laughs> Most likely for good. Well, it's like, let's see. You were dragged into this world, pretty much. You've fought who knows how many creatures by now. And you've seen so many strange things, and now you have Kansas in front of you. And not I mean, only there was Kansas. A, a live train that took you yeah. through like a nuclear zone with demon monsters. Uh. You, you have Kansas in front of you, and not only is it Kansas, 
but it's the Wizard of Oz. It is the Emerald Palace in front of you. And you're just like, you know what, one more thing. One more thing happens, I'm done. I will literally have a mental breakdown at this point. We're getting there. We're getting there. And then, of course, we get a big description of the castle. But the most important part is the gate. Yes, the gate. The way in was blocked by a barred gate that was both huge and ethereal. It looked like wrought iron which had been turned to glass. Each cunningly made stake was a different color, and these colors seemed to come from the inside, as if the bars were filled with some bright gas or liquid. The travelers stopped before it. Look at the bars of this gate, Susanna said. She sounded breathless and awestruck. Look very closely. Jake bent toward the yellow bar until his nose nearly touched it and a faint yellow stripe ran down the middle of his face. At first he saw nothing and then he gasped. What he had taken for motes of some kind were creatures, living creatures, imprisoned inside the bar, swimming in tiny schools. They looked like fish in an aquarium, but they also, their heads, Jake told himself, I think it's mostly their heads, looked oddly disquietly human, as if Jake thought he were looking into a vertical golden sea, all the ocean and a glass rod, and living myths no bigger than grains of dust swimming within it. A tiny woman with a fish's tail and long blonde hair streaming out behind her swam to her side of the glass, seemed to peer out at the giant boy, her eyes were round, startled, and beautiful, and then flipped away again. You know what they call those? Mermaids? Yeah. <laughs> they would call that a mermaid. You're literally going to throw the Wizard of Oz at us all over the place, but you don't want to use the word mermaid? No! It's a it's a half-fish, half-person thing with blonde hair and beautiful eyes. That's what it is. <laughs> Jake felt suddenly dizzy and weak. He closed his eyes until the feeling of vertigo went away, then opened them again and looked around at the others. Cripes! Are they all the same? All different, I think, said Eddie, who had already peered into two or three. He bent close to the purple rod, and his cheeks lit up as if in the glow of an old-fashioned fluoroscope. These guys here look like birds. Little tiny birds. You know what? I would have loved a description of what was in all of them. Yes, I would have We too. get literally, I think, three of them. Yes. The yellow one, which Jake looked in, the purple one, and then... Of course, the pink one. Uh, the pink, oh, no, that's four, then. And the black one. Ah. So, four of the 13. Ah! It says, Jake looked and saw that Eddie was right. Inside the gate's purple upright were flocks of birds no bigger than summer minges. Minges? Is it? I don't know what that okay. is. We talked about sand a minute ago. I don't know why we couldn't stick to that. They swooped giddily about in their eternal twilight, weaving over and under one another, their wings leaving tiny silver trails of bubbles. Are they really there? Jake asked breathlessly. Are they, Roland, or are we only imagining them? I don't know, but I know what this gate has been made to look like. So do I, Hetty said. He surveyed the shining posts, each with its own column of imprisoned light and life. Each of the gate's wings consisted of six colored bars, the one in the center, broad and flat instead of round, and made to split in two when the gate was open, was the thirteenth. This one was dead black, and in this one, nothing moved. Oh, maybe that you can see, but there are things moving around in there, all right, Jake thought. There's life in there, terrible life. And maybe there are roses, too, drowned ones. It's a wizard's gate, Eddie said. Each bar has been made to look like one of the balls in Merlin's rainbow. Look, here's the pink one. Jake leaned toward it, hands propped on his thighs. He knew what would be inside before he saw them. Horses, of courses. Tiny herds of them galloping through the strange pink stuff that was neither light nor liquid. Horses running in search of a drop they would never find, mayhap. Eddie stretched his hands out to grasp the sides of the central post, the black one. Don't, Susanna called sharply. Eddie ignored her, but Jake saw his chest stop for a moment and his lips tighten as he wrapped his hands around the black bar and waited for something, some force perhaps, since special delivery all the way from the dark tower itself, 
to change him or even strike him dead. When nothing happened, he breathed deep again and risked a smile. No electricity, but... He pulled the gate, held fast. No give, either. I see where it splits down the middle, but I get nothing. Want to take a shot, Roland? Roland reached for the gate, but Jake put a hand on his arm and stopped him before the gunslinger could do more than give it a preliminary shake. Don't bother. That's not the way. Then what is? Instead of answering, Jake sat down in front of the gate near the place where the strange version of I-70 ended and began putting on the shoes which had been left for him. Hmm. Yeah. Let's see. We were given these very, very particular <laughs> shoes. We've now reached a gate that doesn't seem to want to open to the to, to, to the Emerald City. Hmm. I wonder how we're going to get and it. And we all know the story now. So Yes. So there's only one logical conclusion to what to do next. I guess we ought to try it, he said to Jake, even though it'll probably turn out to do, be just another bum hug. Jake laughed, shook his head, and began to tighten the laces of the blood-red Oxfords. He and Eddie both knew it was no bum hug. Not this time. No, 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 no. This is totally going to work exactly like you think it is. But no, to see a gate like that... That'd be awesome. It'd be awesome. But again, that's what I'm saying. If the series is remotely accurate and remotely successful, because they're going to need at least... Seven seasons to make it work. Maybe eight. It's got to be good. It's got to be good literally from beginning. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, and no one's going to be happy. Hence why I think you need to start with this book. Because I don't think you can start with the first book and make it successful. Yeah. In my personal opinion. And yeah. Again, unless you do a little manipulation. But it was still... I don't know. I just, I just feel like getting to know Roland first... We'll get the audience more willing to go on this journey with him versus starting on the journey. And then, which is still very interesting, and I mean, that's how the books are, and I'm fine with that, but getting his backstory just gives you a lot more context to who the character is Mm -hmm. before you go on this journey and could possibly end up hating Roland. Yeah, because I mean, by the... the first book, especially if you read the first version of the book and not the rewrite that he did you're pissed off at Roland you have no sympathy for him at all well, isn't he really <laughs> really a great guy by no means <laughs> the second book you still you understand something we learn but... to love Roland throughout the books yeah. but if you short here and understood his backstory and what he's going to do I think you could love him a lot more you understand why he's the way he is mm-hmm. so you'd be more sympathetic to him as you go through the rest of the books I just think it'd, it'd get the audience more into it. <sighs> but we're not in charge of it. No, no. So I have no idea what they're doing. So we'll, we'll find out eventually. Hopefully there's people with better writing, writing experience than us. Which I think is anyone. But <laughs> would they be willing to stay true to what it is? I think after the uproar that the movie brought, they got to bring something. You would hope. You'd hope they understand from that because that was nothing what it's supposed to be. Which we still got to review that, guys. We'll do it after all the books. <laughs> all of them. I've, I've actually seen the entire thing. He watched five minutes and I couldn't just stand wussed it. out. I couldn't stand it. I hated it so much from the beginning. <laughs> uh, and you shouldn't watch that unless you've read the books anyway. Yeah. Anyways, don't ruin it for yourself. They, they should not have done anything. With no, that was a horrible decision. Yeah. God, what a bad choice. And then, oh, it's a... You know, a sequel. No. Get out. Again, a terrible decision. Yeah. A terrible choice. Anyway, back to these shoes. Yes. So they've all put on their shoes. <laughs> okay, Jake said when they'd put all their red shoes. He thought they looked extraordinarily stupid. Especially Eddie's pair. Good old Eddie. I'll count to three and we'll click our heels together, like this. He clicked the Oxfords together once, sharply, and the gate shivered like a loosely fastened shutter blown by a strong wind. Susanna cried out. There followed a low, sweet chiming sound from the green palace as if the walls themselves had vibrated. Hmm, I guess it clearly states, <laughs> oh, this is definitely going to work. I guess this'll do the trick, all right, Eddie said. I warn you, though, I'm not singing somewhere over the rainbow. That's not in my contract. 
The rainbow is here, the gunslinger said softly, stretching his diminished hand out to the gate. It wiped the smile off Eddie's face. Yeah, I know. I'm a little scared, Roland. So am I, the gunslinger said, and indeed, Jake thought he looked pale and ill. You know what? Roland, you can't take a joke, can you? <laughs> Eddie's just trying to lighten the mood a little bit, okay? Yeah, he has a lot on his mind, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. He just had to relive his wizard glass story, mm. okay? He said he felt better, okay? You don't listen to a man. <laughs> and then... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when they say they're fine, they're not. But, um... And then, of course... Every time... Every time Roland says something like this, though, I think of Drax. <laughs> Dead serious. <laughs> like, like... Nothing oh, goes was, over my head. I am and, too fast. I will oh, catch, catch it. it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Thank you, thank you. That's totally what I meant. <laughs> That's all I pictured. When he's like, I'm not singing over the rainbow, and Roland's just like, the rainbow is here. Uh, go on, Sugar, Susanna said. Count before we lose our nerve. One, two, three. They clicked their heels together solemnly and in unison. Tuck, tuck, tuck. Interesting. I don't. I can hear it in my head, but that's not how I hear it. I don't hear. I don't hear talk, talk, talk. That's a, but I, I do hear it. The gate shivered more violently this time. The colors in the uprights brightened perceptibly. 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 Nope, that's not the word either. That's a different word. Hmm? I said perceptively. Oh. <laughs> I'm like that. That's not the word. I know it's not. Anyway, I'm just congratulating you. It's big fine. word. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for that. <laughs> The chime that followed was higher, sweeter. The sound fine crystal tapped with the half of a knife. It echoed in a dreamy harmonics that made Jake shiver, half with pleasure, half with pain. But the gate didn't open. What? Eddie began. I know, Jake said. We forgot. Oi! The bumbler's got to put his shoes on, too. It's not like he know. It's not like he saw everyone putting on their shoes and was like, "Ah, oh, I got this. I got this. I'll just slide my little things in, tighten it up with my teeth. I got it. Don't worry about me, guys." Oh Christ, Eddie said. I left the world I knew to watch a kid try to put booties on a screwed up weasel. Shoot me, Roland, before I breed. You know that that would have been best, probably. That <laughs> happens other ways. I did shit. Roland ignored him, watching Jake closely as the boy sat down on the turnpike and called Oi to me. Aww. Uh, so, wives. Yeah. So, <laughs> shut your face. So, um, of course, Oi walks over and he just, he rolls over. Like, at first he's like kind of looking at it and he sniffs him. And then he's like, okay, I... You, you, you put the first ones on me. I got this. So he steps into the back, too, and is like, yay. But then he, Jake tries to get him to tap him. And always like... I, I'm not much on clicking heels. <laughs> I'm a bumbler. That's not how this works, guys. He's, he's like staring at his feet like, okay, let me try this. <laughs> not, not, not something for him. So he just rolls over and puts his feet in the air and kind of just... Eh. Uh, Roland, help me. He knows what he's supposed to do, but he doesn't know how to do it. Jake glanced up at Eddie. And don't make any smart remarks, okay? No, Eddie said. No smart remarks. Jake, do you think just Oi has to do it this time? Or is it still a group effort? Just him, I think. But it wouldn't hurt us to kind of click along with Mitch. What, is, what does that even mean? I, it sounds like a saying, or it does. It seems like a saying. I've never heard. But I've not heard. That's not. Okay. I'm with Eddie. Mitch, who? Exactly. <laughs> never mind. Go on, Jake Roland. That's not how you read that. <laughs> Go on, Jake. Uh, Roland. Roland. What's still? Give us a count. Eddie gasped. Oi's forepaws. Roland gently grasps the bumbler's rear paws. Oi, looking nervous at this. Oh crap! What are they gonna do? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it. One, <laughs> two. <laughs> is it perhaps expected to be swung briskly into the air and given the old hefo? Uh, maybe we're going to throw him over the gate. <laughs> throw him over it. He's good. <laughs> <sighs> One, two, three, and Jake 
and Roland gently patted away four paws and rear paws together in unison. All the same time, they clicked the heels of their own footwear, Eddie and Susan did the same. What is wrong with the editor or whoever did this for King? Okay. Who, who wrote this? What were they thinking? Okay. Eddie grasped Oi's forepaws. Roland gently, gently grasped the bumbler's rear paws. Jake and Roland See, gently thought. patted Oi. No! You can't just switch characters! Yeah, because it, 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 I thought that as well. It's like, I thought, I thought it was Eddie and Roland. Why is Jake? But why would Eddie and Roland and not Jake? Because Jake <laughs> normally would do it. Unless we're missing something yeah, here. Because it said, never mind, go on, Jake, Roland. And so then why would Eddie grasp Oi's four paws at all? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't have the same Sorry, it's, I remember reading it originally, and now just hearing it again made my head hurt. So <laughs> Same time, they clicked their heels on their footwear. Eddie and Susanna did the same. This time, the harmonics was deep, sweet, bong, like a glass church bell. The black glass bar running down the center of the gate did not split, open, but shattered, spraying crumbs of obsidian glass all in all directions. Some rattled against, always hide. They sprung up in a hurry, yanking out of Jake's and Roland's grip. Definitely them, and tried his little distance away. He sat on the broken white line between the travel line and the passing lane of the highway. His ears laid back, looking at the gate and panting. Like, dude, you just stressed me out. This is just terrible. Yep, you clicked my feet together and things exploded. I don't it's, know what's happening. I thought I was going to get heaved over the gate. And... <laughs> but here's the thing. It, that Just reading that, my brain was like... But Jake already imagined that there was living things inside that black glass yep. already. So could you imagine if out of nowhere it just shattered? I'd be like, nope! <laughs> <laughs> Death is coming our way. Uh, Come on, Roland said. He went to the left wing of the gate and pushed it slowly open. He stood at the edge of the mirror courtyard, a tall, lanky man in cowpoke jeans, an ancient shirt of particularly no color, and improbable red cowboy boots. Let's go in and see what the Wizard of Oz has to say for himself. If he's still here, Eddie said. Oh, I think he's here, Roland murmured. Yes, I think he's here. He ambled towards the main door with his empty sentry box beside it. The others followed, wedding, welding to their own downward reflections by the red shoes like sets of... Siamese twins. Oi came last, skipping nimbly along in his ruby slippers, pausing once to sniff down his own reflected snout. Oi, he cried to the bumbler floating below him, and then hurried after Jake. Truthfully, I think we could have ended perfectly right there with, um, let's go see what the Wizard of Oz has to say for himself. Well, the perfect ending, instead of the, let's describe them walking down it. Well, they had to. You had to make sure Oi rejoined the party. <laughs> they could. Hey, they could have easily swapped these, though. Yeah, you could have said this and then just ended with him saying, "Let's go see." Yeah. It's just a, it's a nice little ending to just be like, "Done, perfect," and then move next scene. Personally, personal opinion. Well, we're bad writers, remember? Oh, this one we have, it was a short chapter that took longer, but it's because I think a lot. Well, not a lot more happened, but more important setup. Yes, a lot of setup to get into. The Wizard. Plus, we branched off to talk about, of course, The Wizard of Oz and movies and references well, and shows. We have two chapters left. We have The Wizard and The Glass. Chapters three and four. Ah, and then The Root. <laughs> and that Root, is. which I think is something to do with it. Oh, I don't think. I know it has something to do with the next book. Yeah. So it may or may not be important. We'll figure it out. So two more weeks of this, and we'll be moving into... Oh. It's because it is, it is an excerpt from... It is the literal beginning of the next book. The beginning of Stephen King's Dark Tower 5, Wolzakala. So yes, not important. Yeah, we won't be reading that because so, we will be moving to a different book. Yes. Afterward. There might be... Yeah, there's that. We might read that. Still, two chapters, and we'll be moving on to Wind Through the Keyhole. Yes. So two more weeks. Fun, fun, fun. 
Hope everyone had a great Halloween. We certainly did and did not. <laughs> I don't know yet, but I do know. But things are we're cool. Speaking, <laughs> we're speaking to you from the future past. Exactly. It's weird. Things are... Time's weird. Time's weird here. Yeah, it is. Okay, then. Ugh, sit on my foot here. The podcast just died. <laughs> Good chapter. I, I remember some of what happens here at the end of the book, but not I, completely. I, I remember bits and pieces, and that's about it. But I'm looking forward to Wind Through the Keyhole, the one book I've never read. I hope it, you like it. I hope you at least get some something out of it. Like, oh, it's new, so something. But hmm, I'm not looking forward to Wolves of Color. <laughs> I'm looking forward to pieces. Again, it just needed to be a short book. Because there are some important things in there. It is a transition between this book and Song of Susanna. And there are some very important things. But there's probably like 300 pages in there that we could just get rid of. Because they're not important really at all. No. We get an entire backstory of someone who's not, not, not even part of the main quartet, So Not important. And there's so much about him. Oh, I dread that so much. Because it's just, I did not, one, I don't care for the character that much, let alone his weird backstory that we get way too much of. I don't know, not a fan of it. But it is, it is what it is, and it'll be what it is. <sighs> but as always, you can reach me at Stars on Travel, reach man at KZ Pup, reach the show at Beyond Our Focus, everywhere including YouTube and podcast services around the globe. Over the rainbow. In the, the Emerald Wizard Palace. Of Oz. What is the other one called? What? The newer movie. What's Oz? the joke called? Was it just called Oz? Yeah. I know it was about Oz. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was just called Oz because I just remember the big giant O. In the yeah, that doesn't mean there was like a small subtext or something that's were in there. Maybe the great just... and powerful Oz? I don't know. <laughs> Those things. I don't remember the exact title because I don't think it was just Oz because there's also, I think, a TV show called Oz. Excuse you. That doesn't actually have anything to do with The Wizard of Oz. So it might be called The Great and Powerful Oz or something like that. Oz the Great and Powerful. Mm, I knew it! I knew it wasn't just called Oz. But I liked it a lot. Good old... I forgot that, too. So we have Oz the Grand Powerful. We have uh, the Wiz. We have... Or just Wiz. We have, um, of course, the Wizard of Oz. We have the show Oz. And then we have the Tin Man, which I actually really enjoyed, too. Which I haven't seen that either. That was actually really good. But good old James Franco did a great job, I think. Even though it's in... Official, not official, official, not really official prequel <laughs> to The Wizard of Oz. Since it's not made yeah. by the same people and they weren't allowed to license certain things exact. It's so weird. Baby it's girl, so weird. I know, you're hungry. I am too, trust me. <laughs> but, man, it's going to get food. But, as always, join us next time. And, um, till next time! Long days and pleasant nights. And random dog too. Yep. 